0: Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crang.
1: Well, thanks for joining us on another edition of American Potential. I love Alan Roach's voice on the intro to this. By the way, I've been emailing Alan. He's going to do an episode with us, and I'm excited about that. Alan is going to... Uh, come on and be a guest and tell his story because he's got an amazing story about how he became like this gigantic voiceover guy. And uh, it's it's a great story. You're going to love it. Listen, today on the podcast, each year, Americans for Prosperity has an annual fly-in of grassroots leaders from all across the country to meet with their federal lawmakers to talk about issues that directly impact their local community. And this is a really important event because AFP leaders get to have face-to-face conversations with their representatives so they can share personal stories of how policies coming out of Washington have an impact on their community and their lives. And so what are some of these issues that people are facing? Well, obviously, health care is so important to so many people and a personal option puts the patient first and gives Americans more control over their health care decisions. Of course, Americans see every day how the Biden administration's policies are restraining energy production, and it's costing them more money. It's driving inflation and leaving less money in their pockets. These are just two issues, along with a whole host of others, that'll be discussed with lawmakers. Uh, during this trip on today's podcast, we have Lauren Stewart, who is the senior Federal Affairs liaison for Americans for Prosperity and Americans for Prosperity, Deputy State Director for Texas, Mac Morris on to talk about how impactful this event is and what they plan on talking to lawmakers about Lauren and Mac. thank you for joining us. Great to have you with us.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah. So so Lauren, you know, let's start with you. This is an incredible event. It's a great opportunity from all across the United States. F- folks fly in, go to Capitol Hill, meet with their legislators. Talk about the event itself a little bit.
2: Absolutely, Jeff. So AFP's Capitol Conference is our annual premier government affairs event where we fly in our grassroots leaders, as you mentioned, from across the nation to discuss issues that most directly affect their communities. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill hear from our FedGA team all the time about the issues that you mentioned and what we're advocating in terms of breaking down barriers to citizens realizing their full potential in all areas of their lives. Whether that's economic opportunity, whether that's health care, whether that's running a small business or just making decisions for their family in terms of budgeting, in terms of their health care. They hear from our Fed GA team on a regular basis. But there's nothing that quack that packs quite the punch as when our grassroots leaders who are entrenched with their grassroots communities come and sit in front of their federal lawmakers on Capitol Hill and back up what our Fed GA team has been saying. They know a person who's run a small business who is facing Incredible barriers to even just staying open, government imposed policies that make it really difficult for them to succeed. Oh, by the way, Congressman, it's in your district. And this is what we're here to talk to you about today. So there's so much value that's brought from the grassroots being that in district, in state liaison to come to Capitol Hill and talk about the federal priorities that have real impact on real Americans' lives.
1: Yeah. It's so important. I think you know. Obviously, they talk about the bubble, the the inside the Beltway mentality. It's real, <laughs> and it is real. And so, this is an opportunity for people to bring their stories and and you know how it's impacting people's lives. That's what this you know this show American Potential is all about. Is trying to break those government imposed barriers that 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 people come in contact with, and there's so many of them. You know, inflation. We talk about that all Absolutely. the time. How inflation is a gigantic government imposed barrier for people. We've got people now who have to choose between, you know, feeding their family or, or, you know, something else. And, and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a tough trade off. And people in Washington, I think tend to forget that. Let me, let me ask Mac, um, Mac, you know, uh, you're the deputy state director in the, the great state of Texas, uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't just get this in. I am in Alaska, which is the only state bigger than Texas, right? Bigger than Texas uh, right now. But um, they, they, I, they would probably skin me alive if I didn't say that, Mac, when I when I left this <laughs> podcast. But um, the, the state of Texas, so diverse. So, you know, you've got rural areas, you've got urban areas. Talk about this event and what it means and uh, And we'll get into some of the issues you all are going to talk about as well that affect Texans every day, well, Jeff,
0: you know comes down to we've got thirty million people here in the state of Texas, and they're from all different types of backgrounds. It's a huge state, not as big as Alaska, so we'll give that to them. <laughs> but we have a lot more people here, a lot more opinions, a lot more needs, and there's a reason that people flock to Texas. Texas is a place for opportunity, and when we talk to constituents, at our door operations or at events, they are concerned about the cost of living. They're concerned about health care. I'm going to tell you, they turn on the TV, they hear about problems. And the great thing about Capital Conference is going directly to a member and their staff, explain what's going on in the district, what the feelings are and the opinions of people, and that people want solutions. They don't want the oversized, top-down government from Washington, D.C., they rather have their government a little bit more like Texas's government. So we want to give people more opportunities. And by having those solid conversations with our members of Congress, they feel more connected. They see a value add with Americans for Prosperity. We're the conduit. We're the grassroots. And that's the incredible part of working with Lauren's team with uh, Federal Affairs is that we make those connections, and it helps drive real change and gives the the narrative and the ability of our grassroots to help drive those with members of Congress.
1: Yeah. First of all, I don't know what they would do. They wouldn't know what to do with 30 million people in Alaska. They got a lot of space up here. (laughs) They don't have 30 million people. They might have 30 million bears and moose if you counted all of them and smushed them together, but they don't have 30 million people. Um, So, so Lauren, you know, as we're going uh, to Capitol Hill and having these discussions with lawmakers. What are, uh, what are some of the major issues? I mean, I mentioned healthcare. I mentioned, you know, inflation and some of the, some of the economic issues, but what are the big issues that we're going to bring to Capitol Hill to try and solve?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned healthcare. of course, things like energy that continues to be a struggle within our country, again, because of government imposed barriers and policies. So we're talking energy, we're talking workforce, things like the Employee Rights Act that empower employees and give them the option around their union participation. We're also talking budget, we just came off the debt ceiling fight, and the debt ceiling fight exists because our federal government doesn't balance its budget the way American families have to do on a daily, weekly basis. So we're talking solutions around reforming the federal budgeting process, which is really mind-blowing for a lot of people on Capitol Hill. But as as we continue to see, it's absolutely necessary. Um And additionally, we're talking things like immigration. We just came off and are in the midst of a huge border crisis. We're driving solutions in those areas, which is where we really distinguish ourselves as an organization. We're the organization on Capitol Hill that has the solutions from a policy and grassroots standpoint to our nation's problems. And that's what we're bringing to lawmakers. We are about being for solutions. We're being for the path forward. Our Pathways to Prosperity is actually the name of our federal agenda this year, because that's what we're about. We want to connect lawmakers to that. We also want to connect lawmakers to the positive impact it will make on their constituents immediately. And that's, that's again, the value of bringing folks like Mac and all of our wonderful state directors and grassroots leaders to Capitol Hill and saying this is a tangible improvement that you can make for your constituents' lives. So. We're talking the current issues of the day and and how they kind of run the gamut, as well as our policy solutions and giving opportunities to our policy champions or lawmakers who would become policy champions to really help drive in that direction.
1: Yeah, there's uh, we we've talked so many times, and we've talked we've done a couple of episodes here with members of Congress. We had uh, Congressman mm. French Hill on just a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about the, the 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 budget and some of the things that that have happened there, the debt ceiling issue this is these are issues that seem removed from average everyday americans but they're not uh, because they really do affect us you know the debt that that keeps building up someone has to pay that someday and it's easy to kick it down the road but that's really what you're there to remind members of and mac would would love to hear your thoughts on you know how um how we're we're taking the story of your your everyday, you know, mom, single mom in Texas to Capitol Hill so people understand the impact that these issues have on them. Well, Jeff, I think that's the biggest thing, bringing the
0: stories. So when we talk to people at the doors or they come to events, they're sharing their heartfelt, authentic stories. And we pair that with the data that people want change. They want it the right way. And they are really asking their members of Congress to do the right thing. If they're making cuts to their family budget or they're suffering, they think that the government should be making better decisions and live within its means. And that's one of the big things that is something that happens with us at all of our events, people are like economics, inflation. We have to fix this. And they want they understand that things don't change overnight, and that's part of where our ability of the grassroots, that conduit, is saying, how do we make practical changes now for long-term success for our country? Because we have to change the narrative. And that starts with everyday people sharing their personal stories. And we bring those personal stories to members of Congress so they can share them on the House floor or they can share them in their committee meetings. That makes a big difference for us.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I want to bring up healthcare. Let Let me ask you this, Mac. I mean, healthcare, we see government impose barriers on healthcare all the time. And you know, we, we we are we are for something called the personal option, and uh, we can we can explore that a little bit. But it's really allowing more freedom, more liberty within the area of healthcare, and less government regulation. We see states that regulate um, that, that regulate healthcare. We see the federal government regulating who can have a, a health savings account and, and so many other things. That is something that really does affect people and their lives. Do you have any thoughts on that? And and as we go to Capitol Hill, um, you know that message of of liberty and that personal option in healthcare. Absolutely. When it comes to the personal option here in Texas, we've been working on state level bills to help
0: with transparency, to drive down prices, give for folks more accessible uh, healthcare. What's happening at the federal level, we have more members talking about health care more than ever before. I mean, even Congressman Pete Sessions here in Texas has one of the most encompassing bills to expand HSAs, to bring parity, to really make the nuanced fixes long-term instead of having that top-down kind of health care we have right now. Because people are trapped between their doctor and the insurance uh, companies. They're kind of like a commodity. They're not in charge. So we're helping drive this change, the narrative with members of Congress. They can fix this, and they need to listen to those stories to people back home. So it's really encouraging to see even multiple members from Texas saying, we can work on health care. We can do something. This should be bipartisan, and we can really put patients back in the driver's seats. I mean, this, this year, I used an HSA. It made a huge difference for me and my family. I've talked to more people. That's made a difference. Imagine
1: if every American had access to that. At the end of the day, yeah. they'd be in charge of their healthcare. It'd be incredible. Yeah, and you've got, as you mentioned, Congressman Sessions, a uh, real policy champion, particularly on the healthcare side, has has been great. Um, Lauren, as as we're talking about this, I, I've I've had an HSA for I don't know many many years, and I love it. And I I did a show. So I don't know how long ago it was, maybe. I don't know, two, three months ago, we did a show and I was stunned to hear that the vast majority of Americans can't even have an HSA because the federal government won't allow them to have it. Talk about that and how that would open the opportunity for so many more in the area of healthcare.
2: You know, similar to you, Jeff and Mac, I started using an HSA with my family. Not only did I find the overall cost of my healthcare decreased, but the quality and access I had to healthcare drastically increased, so it is an absolute shame and must be corrected that the majority of Americans don't have access to uh, HSA. This is how it works, Jeff. You have access to an HSA if your employer provides it. If you live in a certain area, it, it's it's the most unfair system in terms of access and control over your healthcare that arguably I I think exists in government. So the Healthcare Fairness for All Act that. Representative Sessions and, you know, the bill that Mac was just met- mentioning removes that. Every American can have access to an HSA. It doesn't matter where you work. Doesn't matter if your employee provides it or if there's a match. Being an American, living in this country, having to deal with health care as an American family, every American family does, every American does. It's a kitchen table issue that, quite frankly, you know, lawmakers, just like American families, we can't run away from it because we don't like it. And this is a solution that absolutely creates parity and fairness in the healthcare system. It empowers Americans, patients, not insurance companies, about the decisions they would make for their own health care. So it's to me, it's a common sense reform, but it would drastically, drastically change the game in terms of healthcare, quality of care, access to care, and overall lowering the cost, which is something. Mac, I know whenever we take meetings with Hill, with folks on the Hill is people cannot understand why they're paying so much for their health care and the quality of their product is absolutely terrible. Mac talked about folks feeling trapped in their health care. We've done some polling nationwide that showed the majority of Americans feel trapped in their health care. That is, that is a shame. It doesn't need to be that way. And it is that way because of Government imposed, imposed barriers and policies that put insurance companies, quite frankly, above patients.
1: You know, it's it's uh, incredible to think that th- there's, the, the vast majority of Americans cannot have an HSA. And you talked about some of the barriers, but the biggest barrier – is really the US government decided yes. you know <laughs> that, they, that they're just not going to allow that. I mean, if yes. they would remove that barrier and I guess it's a tax issue, they don't want all those dollars to be non-taxed. I mean, it's crazy, but that is a barrier that they have erected that that is hurting people. Again, it's not for everyone. Not everyone should be on an HSA probably, but everybody should have the opportunity to decide if it's best for them. Yes, Lauren.
2: Absolutely. It's an, it's an opt-in. And we see this, this theme really parallels across all of the issues that we're going to be advocating for with Capital Conference is, does it need to be that bacon is $8? It doesn't need to be that way. Why is it that way? Because of policies and government imposed inflation. Why does the price of gas, you know, remain so incredibly high? because government imposed regulation and policies. And what we're looking to do and what we're continuously advocating and will be advocating on through Capital Conference is to have government remove those barriers. We're not gonna force anybody to have an HSA. When it becomes available, it's an opt-in, right? We're not gonna force anybody to do anything, but to really create that option and that free market across all industries is what we're advocating for here. I think the American people and the free market itself prove To choose and deliver better results than the U.S. government, ten times out of ten.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. People will will make the best decision for themselves in their own self interest, rather than somebody else making the decision for them. We see that in the K through twelve education space at the state level, and some of the great stuff that's happened with education savings accounts in state after state after state. But it's the same thing here in healthcare and. You know, frankly, it's the same thing in the economy. And uh, yes. Mac, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, I mean, obviously, Texas is a big energy producing state. We've seen these barriers erected by the Biden administration for, for basically trying to drive up the cost of energy. I mean, there's there's really no other way to do it. To say it is they're trying to make the decision about what energy should be used rather than allow citizens and the free market to make that decision. Your thoughts on that and what the federal government might be able to do to change that. Sure, Jeff. When I think about
0: Texas, it's an energy state. It's just not oil and gas. We're into solar. We're into renewables. Texas is really leading the way in that that area. We're a huge export state for things. And when we don't allow people to make choices of the free market to be in effect, it's going to drive up our prices. It hurts the jobs here in the state of Texas. Again, with 30 million people here, they came here for a reason. It was a cheaper way of life. And costs are going up here, not just across the whole country, but here in Texas. I think it's really important for members of Congress to understand is that the bills they can pass, uh, like permitting reform, those are good things. But there's things in this bureaucratic system they have arbitrarily, it seems very arbitrary where they set up things that are in conflict with other rules or regulations. It's made it hard for companies to adjust to the market space. And we keep hearing that from uh, business owners, but you just go to the pump and you ask people, look how expensive it is for gas now. Or if you're in Texas, you know, it gets really hot here. We have over a hundred degree days,
1: the majority of the summer. On that, on the energy side, you know, that's such a driver of inflation, right? Uh, I mean, (laughs) people don't understand everything, you know, the cost of gas goes up, everything goes up. The cost of bacon, the cost of uh, tires, uh, I mean, you name it. It it all goes up because of that. And Mm -hmm. these bad decisions, bad policies by the Biden administration, right? Yes. has, Has really been hurting Americans. And what what can we do to to drive down the the inf- inflation that we're seeing in the United States and what can congress do
2: absolutely so i'm i'm going to share how how we do this is really ironic and it just gives everybody a really good sense of washington dc and how this works and one of the major things that we can do and that we're urging congress to do is to repeal the natural gas tax that was included in what The Inflation Reduction Act. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So as, as you mentioned, of course, the cost of energy, the cost of gas, the cost of getting goods and, and services to where, to and from where they need to be drives up the cost. Um, so that is a huge thing that we are advocating for is repealing the natural gas tax that was passed in the Inflation Reduction Act. And in terms of, you know, horribly detrimental policies that have been passed by by this administration. We've also seen a lot of really great work, uh bipartisan work, quite frankly, in passing two bills that I'd like to call out through both chambers with bipartisan support that would have, you know, drastically improved the lives of Americans and and one of those is the ESG bill which was the environmental social governance bill that required, you know, retirement funds managers to strictly invest based on growth not on social not on cultural not on kind of the politics of the day. That passed with bipartisan support through both chambers and the president vetoed it. The president right. vetoed that bill that was that passed through both chambers and then more recently the student loan forgiveness through the CRA. Both right. chambers voted against this, and the president has vetoed it. So what we're seeing and continue to see with this re- this administration is not only driving failed policies through Congress, such as the Inflation Reduction Act, such as the bipartisan infrastructure bill, but that when Congress does to come together to correct something that will drastically improve the state of our economy, that will drastically level the playing field in terms of education, that this president knocks it right down.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, whether it is the student loan uh, issue or the ESG. I mean, that's, that's costing Americans money. It is it's money right <laughs> out of their pocket. Uh, Absolutely. On, on these things. I, I guess I would ask this question of of each of you. Just I used to work on Capitol Hill for a lot of people. Maybe they've never been to Capitol Hill. Um, it's an interesting place for sure. Uh, yes. gotten more interesting over the years, I think. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, do you have a, a favorite? Like who's the, who's the, coolest person you've ever seen when you visited Capitol Hill? Is there, is there, I mean, you got some pretty cool people in your delegation that, that, uh, you know, you get to visit with, but is there somebody you've gotten to see that's like, Hey, I know them.
2: Okay. Um, So (laughs) Big golf fan, and recently Live Golf has been a hot topic of conversation on Capitol Hill. So I was surprised and excited to see the shark, Greg Norman himself, walking by wow. in the Capitol one day. Um, that was really exciting. Other interesting folks who I've seen coming to Capitol Hill to lobby include Bravo TV's Lisa Vanderpump, uh, as well as Paris wow. Hilton. And that to me, you know, while I do giggle, get a little starstruck or things of that nature. But that to me just shows, you know, the wide array of issues and things that come through our nation's capital and how it it touches everywhere from small business owners and rural Americans to getting, you know, higher profile folks with loads of money fired up for specific causes and specific business ventures. I mean, Greg Norman was there to lobby against the government picking winners and losers in the golf industry. So it really does run parallel. So those are kind of, besides some of the wonderful lawmakers and policy champions that we're so privileged to work with every day with AFP, those are some three big ones that had me pause for a second and go, oh, wow.
1: (laughs) I would say, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I... I uh, I remember getting to meet Jane Goodall, who was the oh, you know the, uh, hung out with the chimpanzees or whatever on a on a deal and had had meetings with her. That was just one of many, uh, Crazy. but but always fun. Mac, how about you? Have you gotten to meet anybody famous or cool on Capitol Hill? Not as cool as you think, but just having <laughs> those relationships,
0: uh, meeting members that you've seen on TV and then having a personal relationship with them or really having the conversations has been. A big change coming from the grassroots, didn't do that as much. So having those relationships now and then connecting everyday people back, they love those stories. They love the little picture or the video back from their member of Congress. Mm-hmm. And that makes grassroots folks feel really important too. So it's fun to come up there to DC and see
1: them. Well, awesome. Uh, how about how about the buildings uh, there? I, I, I still have friends who talk about, I worked on the house side and I used to get my hair cut at the Senate barbershop. <laughs> and he used to walk through the catacomb thing. I guarantee you I'd get lost now or they probably wouldn't. Well, they certainly wouldn't let me through, but uh, it, it, yeah, I probably would get lost at such. I mean, it's just a weird place. What's your favorite, Lauren, what's your favorite building to go to on the Senator House side?
2: So my favorite building is definitely the Hart Senate office building. It's It's got some really fantastic artwork in the lobby and the Senate side, by virtue of a smaller number of members, is easier to navigate. My least favorite is Rayburn on the house side. All the hallways (laughs) look exactly the same. I I average anywhere from five to 10,000 steps just in a morning there. So that would be my top and and my my least favorite.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm going to differ from Lauren here. I actually like Rayburn. It's got (gasps) great views of the Capitol. So I enjoy that. But you do walk a lot. You do get lost. It's a maze. It's a bureaucratic maze. But, you know, going over to Longworth is so much easier. Just making that circle floor to floor. Yes. You kind of map out where you're going. You can take the stairs. And it just makes it so much easier. But like Lauren said, I come in cowboy boots, so I really get my workout. And you get all those steps in. But it's it's always good to be on that side.
1: Well listen, I used to work in the Rayburn building and so I know I know the feeling about getting <laughs> disoriented in that building, that's for sure. The uh you know my my favorite moment is uh, there's a staircase uh right outside Statuary Hall in the Capitol building itself and it's the staircase that Abraham Lincoln used to walk up to up and deliver the State of the Union address wow. in in the Statuary Hall there and the the Steps still are really worn right there. I don't know that they've ever replaced them. And I just remember walking through there with my boss, uh, Congressman Joel Hefley at the time, uh, who just stopped at the – we were there very late one night in the Capitol. And he stopped right before we went down those stairs, and he looked over at me, and he said, Abraham Lincoln walked up these stairs. Incredible. And it just kind of sends a chill down your spine, you know, that you're you're walking in that same – that same building, those same places. So it's quite an amazing experience to be there uh, at the Capitol. It is. Uh, Lauren, any final thoughts on uh, this effort? And if people want to help us get the pathway to prosperity passed and and get some of this good legislation passed in Congress, how do they do that?
2: Absolutely. So final thoughts here are Capitol Conference every year is my favorite and FedGA's favorite week of the year. It's quite frankly, where we feel we're the most productive and get to flex our really jacked grassroots muscle on on Capitol Hill. Our grassroots leaders, our state directors, our activists, our staff, they're the best in the business at at what we do. And connecting them with federal lawmakers is, is really the sweet spot here. So in terms of how we can get some of this groundbreaking legislation passed and groundbreaking in terms of, of the impact it would have on Americans lives. in in a time where things have been a little tough is, you know, connecting with these guys, connecting with these state leaders within our various state chapters across the country. We even have representatives in, in areas that we don't have physical presence. There's no way there's no, uh, There's no way that you can't be involved with an AFP. So I would highly encourage everybody in terms of a government affairs standpoint, if you're interested in what's happening, what we're doing on Capitol Hill, follow us on Twitter at AFPGovAffairs.
1: All right. How about you, Mac? Any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think about we have dozens of staffers across the state. Those are the relationships you can get involved with, not just the state director, but we have the ability to take action digitally. That's a way to connect with your lawmaker. But I think a big thing for us is after this great visit on Capitol Hill is connecting lawmakers back with people in district, having those events, those roundtables, and that's going to get people more in touch with their member of Congress, be able to talk about the ideas. It becomes more real. It's just not what you see on TV. They can be part of the process, and we should really encourage that.
1: Well, and this is really what it's all about. I mean, we're all in 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 this. We do this through Americans for Prosperity to try and make America a better place, uh, citizens' lives better, and again to remove those government-imposed barriers to their success. And so, I you know, thank you for all the great work you do, Lauren, uh, for the great work you do through the Government Affairs uh, shop at Americans for Prosperity, the great work you do, Mac, down in Texas, uh, to keep. Keep Texas free and prosperous, <laughs> and uh, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank you both for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Great. Well, this is this is the way that you can make your voice heard is to get out there, get involved through Americans for Prosperity. Uh, you know, get, either send a, online digital uh, uh, alerts and messages to your members of Congress, but also Get involved so that you can visit with them, you can meet with them, you can let them know how the decisions that they make impact your life uh, on a daily basis. And that's really important. And that's the difference that we're asking you to make. And this is a great opportunity to do that. If you want to talk more to any of the guests that we've had today or connect with Americans for Prosperity, feel free to send me an email at jeff@americanpotential.com. At And I'll be happy to uh, respond to you and I'll get you connected to either Lauren or Mac or whoever at Americans for Prosperity you'd like to connect with. Thank you for joining us on another edition of American Potential.
0: Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.